Good morning and welcome to Life Church. I am so glad you're tuned in with, a, with us online. I believe that we are better together even when we're connecting through a camera. And so I feel like I'm in some way with you and you are with me. And so it's great to be together. I love you, church. I want to remind you that our entire staff continues to pray for you. We are praying for God's blessings, God's provision, God's protection over you. We love you. Look forward, though, one day that you can join us in person. But until then, we'll stay right here. We'll keep connecting together because we are better together. And we love you, church. We love you. So we're in a series called Better Together. And my sermon title today is A Community of Honor. So would you do me a favor and just say the word honor? We want to be a community of honor. Now, every church has a culture. And... The culture is what's embedded into like the personality of a church. And so when we talk about being a community of honor, we want the culture of our church to be a church that, that has a spirit of honor that operates all through our culture. So a culture just represents these values that are repeated over and over and over until they just become like part of our DNA. And so today as we talk about the, the community having honor, being a culture of honor. We want this to become just permeated into our church body. And as we think about in our sermon series, Better Together, what we're talking about is as a church body, we become a community. And one of the values that draws us together, one of the values that strengthens us is a value of honor. And so we want to talk about a community of honor today. Let's begin in Revelation chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And, and this says that the 24 elders, they fall down and they worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and they say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. So honor means to esteem. It means to respect something. It means to treat something with great value. So uh, just a quick story to try to illustrate great value. A few years ago, it's been actually several years ago, I was going to do this sermon illustration and I needed something that was very valuable. So I went to Perry's Emporium and I asked Mr. Perry, I said, hey, can I borrow the most expensive diamond you have in the store for a sermon illustration. And I said, maybe could you come to church and, and at the time of the illustration, you could bring it up and I could use it as an illustration. And he said, he said, I sh he said sure, I got you. He said, I'll be right back. And so he left and he went back to, I guess, a safe and he came back with this little pouch and, and he handed me this little pouch with a very expensive diamond in it. And I felt it in my hand, like it, it was, you know, weighty enough. You could feel it. And I asked him, I'm like, how much is this diamond? And he said, it's over $30,000, a diamond in this little pouch. And he said, so take it. And he said, just bring it back to me on Monday. And I was like, oh my gosh. See, the thing is, is Perry doesn't know is that I lose my car keys once a week, and that's on a good week. And he just handed me a little pouch with a $30,000 diamond in it. And when I was walking out of Perry's Emporium, 
I really had an appreciation for the value of something. I think all weekend long, I just held it in my hands like this because I was so afraid of losing it. You know, when you have something that valuable, you don't just hop in your car and toss that in the back seat because, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like treat that like it was of little value. And so I, I, you know, I held on to that and it was, it was so important that I knew where it was at all times. I, I had a hard time sleeping at night with that because it was of so great value. And so value is, is tied to honor. Honor means to, to give value, to appreciate the value in something. And so when we gather as a church community, we want to honor God in our worship. So worship is us, you know, like highly esteeming and highly valuing who God is, the, the, the infinite value of God. And so our worship reflects honor. And so one of the first places of a community of honor is we place our honor upon God, towards God. We reverence Him. So honor, though, doesn't stop with God. The Bible teaches us that it's expanded that we would honor everyone. And so we begin with honor towards God, but we are supposed to honor everyone. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.17, it says honor all people. So everyone deserves honor. Now, listen, I'm going to share something with you that probably kind of dates me or puts me, you know, you probably feel what age I come from, from my generation. But when I was growing up, honor was somewhat enforced in our generation and, and certainly in my family. Now, it wasn't with a heavy hand, but, but we knew what honor was and, and, and we knew there would be some consequences if we didn't honor. And so, I mean, that was just how we were brought up in our generation. We honored other people's property and other people's homes. Like before we went to someone's house, our parents taught us how to behave before we went in because we want to honor our, the house, the, the people that were there. And we, so we learned honor. We, we honored our teachers and we honored our coaches. And I mean, we honored first uh, our first employers. I remember my first job and my dad talking to me about how to to honor this first person that I worked for. And so like honor was important. We honored military service men and women. We honored first responders and we honored the policemen. We honored our friends, parents. I mean, we, did, we honored was important. We honored our president, whether we had voted for them or not. It was a position and we honored that position. We honored other elected officials. We learned to honor our pastor, like that was a, a big thing for us, to honor our pastor. And we definitely learned to honor our parents. And we were led to honor God as well. Now, maybe that's old school thinking. I don't think so because it's in the Bible. So maybe it's just a, a new school thought that just needs to be redeveloped in our life. Because I just don't see honor in the same way as the previous generation. And I think it's important. Why do we honor everyone? Well, the Bible says that we should honor all people. And do you know why we honor people? It's because every person you see God created, and every person you see God loves, every person you see God has sees value. He, there's value in them because God values them. Because God values them, then we value them. We honor every person 
because God values every person. And so everyone I see, God loves them. And if God loves them, then, then I want to value them for how God loves them. And so my value and my, my esteem for people isn't always just based on, on what I see in someone. Sometimes it's the potential in someone, but it's always because I know God cares for them. God created them, and so, so our value for others is always based on the fact that God loves them. Let, let me give you a quick story to illustrate that. When Bailey was, was a, little, a little girl, uh, a friend, a family friend gave her this little stuffed doll, a little piglet, and man, she loved little piglet. There was a, a night that went by that she didn't have little piglet with her in her bed. Now, she's in her 20s, and she still knows where her piglet is. So that piglet has been dear to her heart for years, and, and so she loves this little piglet. But over the years, that little piglet was worn out. I mean, like the threads were stretched bare and like it's little piglet's head was flopped to the side because the stuffing was out of it. And but she loved that piglet. And I remember a few times that she would be doing something and she would bring me piglet and she said, hey, dad, hold piglet. And listen, the way I held piglet wasn't based on the value of that little doll. It was based on the amount of love she had for that little doll. And so I took care of that little doll like it was a, a million-dollar little piglet. Now, it was probably worth, actually, you know, 10 cents because it was worn out. But the value wasn't in it, but it was in the one who loved it. And so we valued that piglet. And so every person we run into, God loves them. And we value them, not always just out of, out of the human side and just out of personality, but we value people because God loves them. And so we value everyone. So in a community of honor, everyone is respected. Everyone is esteemed. Everyone is valued. I want for people to visit our church and when they come in, they, they have a sense that, that there is a, a spirit of honor in our house and, and there is respect between people and relationships. And, and it's, it's an attractive culture when there's a lot of honor. There's a, a, a gentleman, a friend that goes to our church and um, he's been at our church for, for a, quite a long time and, and we're, we're good friends. But interestingly, he and I have very different views on politics. And so obviously we've been in a season of, of politics and, and elections. And, and so he and I had a, a conversation about our perspectives. And he had a perspective. I have my perspective. I think my perspective is right. He thinks his perspective is right. And, and we actually had a, a really good conversation and the reason that we could have a good conversation about it was that he has a history of always showing honor towards me. He's always been honorable. He's always been respectful towards me. And I have always been honorable towards him. And so what it did is it, it meshed a friendship together that gave us a place to have hard conversations. You know, you're not going to always agree with everything and every idea and everything about somebody. But if there's a place of respect, 
respect, a place of honor, then there's a place to build that friendship to where you actually have the difficult conversations. And I'm honored to say that this person in our church, I honor him, he honors me, and we have kept a great friendship through it. And that's what a church that has a culture, a community of honor can do. We can actually build the friendships and work on the difficult things in life that comes up. Honor doesn't mean I agree with you. It means I value you as a person. It's easy to honor people that agree with you. You know, that's easy. Everybody, somebody that agrees with you on everything and everyone sees the things the way you see it. And man, it's easy to, to be friends with them and honor them and, and, you know, and esteem them because we agree on everything. But it's harder to honor people who disagree with you. And I would say that when you operate out of a spirit of honor, when, when that's in your DNA, that your, your first response is to honor and respect, then you'll have a much greater impact in their life and the relationship can stay, can stay together so that you can actually have the real conversations. You know, I can actually honor people who are dishonorable because honor is a standard that God set within me, and it's based on the honor or the standard that God has put in me, not on the person. It's, it's a place of honor from a standard that God has put inside of me. And so we honor people because God loves people. So now, before I head any farther in this sermon on honor, I want to give just a couple quick balances because with anything, you can take it to an extreme to where it becomes very harmful in a way. And and, and honor can have the ability to move into some, uh, some places that are harmful in your life. And so let me tell you three things about honor in terms of balance. Number one, honor doesn't mean that you have to obey or stay in abusive relationships. And so if you're in an abusive relationship, honor doesn't mean that you stay within that. That's, that's not honor. You can set healthy boundaries and still honor the value and the position of someone in your life. Number two, honor doesn't mean that you have to approve of someone else's behavior. It's not a matter of approval. It's just a matter of saying, I value you. I treat you with respect. And so that's what honor does. Honor doesn't mean that you have to pursue to, or reconcile relationships with people who are no longer in your life. And so if there's some broken relationship that's out there, honor doesn't mean you have to chase it down and try to fix all of that. What honor is, it's an attitude. It's, it's, this, it's a spirit inside of you that can approach even negative relationships. And that honor, it directs you and it, it, it determines like what you say about them and what you what you think about them, and, and, and it directs your, your heart towards them. And so you can honor people without having to, to enter back into those harmful relationships. And so in a community, in a church, in a community of honor, we honor others. Amen, church? Amen. So now listen, let me take us to another scripture here. And I want to take us back to the Old Testament for a minute. This is, this is um, in the Ten Commandments. And so this is the fifth of the Ten Commandments, the fifth one. It says in Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Now, I know some of you, that's harder to do because your parents were in some way um, considered dishonorable to you. I get that. You can honor their position. 
You can just honor what the, the, you know, the, the, um, the fact that they were your parents. And, and you can just have a spirit of, of respect. That doesn't mean anything else other than just a spirit of respect. Now, for some of you, like my kids, they had great parents. So this is easy for them. Can I get an amen in the room? <laughs> honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. And then it goes on to say, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God has given you. You know, there's always a blessing that's attached to honor. It says, honor your father and mother. And then the blessing in this situation says that your days may be long in the, in the land that I'm giving you. This was a promised land. And so God was promising the Israelites that if they operated out of honor, that God would bless them. He would prosper them. He would bring them into a land of provision, a place where generation after generation could live and call home. And so there was a blessing that was attached to their honor. Honor. Why did God use honor your father and mother as one of his top 10 places of commandments, top 10 uh, principles of life. Why, why honor your father and mother? And the reason that God said to honor your father and mother is because parents represent the first place of authority that comes into our life. And if children are not taught to honor their first authority in their life, which is their parents, then they will struggle to honor any other authority that comes into their life later on, including God. And so God said to honor your father and mother. And this was the training ground of a heart to catch a spirit of honor. This was God's intention that, that as children, we would learn to honor our father and mother. But it wasn't to stay there. It was to be expanded all the way to the place where we honored everyone and especially God. And so honor your father and mother was just the starting place of recognizing authority. Honoring your father and mother is just the beginning of that principle of honor. And if our children don't learn to honor mom and dad, then later in life, they're going to grow up and, and they're going to get a job and they're going to treat their boss the way they treated you. And if they treated you without honor and they treat their boss without honor, well, their boss is going to fire them. That's what happens in the real world. Honor is important. Honor your father and mother. And it says that your days may be long in the land that your Lord God has given you. Now, I want you to follow this thought with me. Thought, just chase this with me for just a moment. When it comes to honor, honoring natural authorities brings God's supernatural blessings in your life. And so it said to honor your father and mother. That's a natural authority. But the result of that natural authority was that God brought his supernatural blessings into your life. And so what we do here on earth matters what happens for heaven. Let me say it like this. Honor on earth brings blessings from heaven. Honor on earth. So when we honor in natural ways, in some way it stirs heaven to bring blessings into our life. And so as a community of honor here in our church, we, we honor. It's like part of our culture. And this culture of honor, it actually releases God's supernatural power to operate in our church body. 
I love that. We honor a culture, a community of honor brings God's blessings into our congregation and onto your life. And so when we see a principle like this, where we see a principle in God's word that talks about like honor and how honor then releases his blessings, we want to grab that principle. Like we want to apply it. We want to put it to practice. And, and, and I just believe that when we learn to honor, we honor our teachers and, and we honor our children's teachers and we honor authorities in our life and we honor our coaches and we honor our parents and we honor, you know, our pastors and, and we just put into practice. I believe that it truly will will bless your life. But if we miss this principle and we don't learn to honor, I believe it can really limit your life. And so we want to learn to honor because dishonor limits our life. Let me take us to another story. This is in the book of Mark chapter 6 verses 5. And so we're going to pick it up kind of right in the middle of, of a story here. And so what's going on is, is we're, we're um, picking up in the story a time when Jesus was presenting himself as the Messiah. And now we're in a city that was actually expecting and looking and anticipating the Messiah to come. And so here's what happens in Mark 6, 5. It says, now, and this is Jesus, could do no mighty work there. Jesus could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now, interesting, if you read this just kind of close enough for the moment, you can see that it says Jesus could do no mighty works. Some versions even say that Jesus could not do many miracles there. It's interesting because it didn't say that he would not do miracles. It, just, it said that he could not. In other words, it was, there was a strong line there. Now, I don't want to get into a theological debate with anybody about whether or not you know, Jesus could not or would not or chose not to, if he was, if he was limiting himself in his human form. None of that is, is where I'm heading with it. What I think is most important is that we agree that something so significant had happened that it restrained Jesus from doing mighty works. And it's important to recognize that because everywhere Jesus went, he was healing the sick and, and he, was, he was doing miracles in every other city he went. But in this city, his miraculous power was restrained and it was limited to only a few people. And it just made me wonder what caused this city to miss out on the blessings of Jesus, the, the blessings of his mighty works and the blessings of their healing. What happened to them? Why did they miss it? And so we can go back two verses that set this up. And this is what it says to teach us why this city missed it. It says, when Jesus began to present himself, it says, this is their response. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and, and Jose and Judas and, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And so they were offended at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. He was without honor. In other words, they dishonored him. They didn't see the value in who he was. They, they treated him as just common, as just another person from their city. And they missed the, the value, the spirit of honor. And because they did not honor, they had a lack of faith. And then Jesus restrained his mighty works from happening there. And so let me help you 
just kind of bring this to a point for us today. Because we know that honor opens the door of blessings in our life, and dishonor closes the doors of blessings in our life. So honor opens it, but dishonor, it, it shuts us off. It, it shuts down the move of God. Now, just think about this in this story here. The people in, the, in his hometown, they dishonored him. And as a result, it just closed them off from what God wanted to do, what Jesus wanted to do. You know, Jesus wanted to heal them. Jesus wanted to move in their life. He wanted to, to perform miraculous signs and wonders there. That was in his heart. But because of dishonor, it shut them off from being able to receive from Jesus. And so dishonor always shuts down the, the move of God. It shuts down the miraculous in our life. Dishonor cuts us off from being able to receive something. Honor opens the door. Dishonor closes the door of God's blessings. Honor releases God's supernatural power, His mighty works in our life. Dishonor closes it. Now let's just for a moment think about in this same story the few people that were healed. So many were not healed. Many dishonored God. But the Bible goes on to say, but there were a few that Jesus laid hands on and healed. And I was just kind of thinking about the few that were healed. What do you want to bet that those few people showed honor to Jesus? I bet they did. I mean, I think that's the point of it, that there was a large group of people that didn't, but a few did, and they were able to receive miraculous blessings of healings from Jesus in that crowd, there's a huge crowd there, and many were like, dishonor. But a few were like, I honor, I respect, I see the value of who he is, and they receive the blessings. Now, I want you to just take this now from this thought of a crowd where some people were not receiving and some did receive blessings from God. And just pop that whole concept into church life. Consider yourself when you come to church. Can you come to church with honor in your heart? Is there a place of you honoring worship? And, and you know, like, is your honor of, of God bringing you into a place of worship together in church? Are you honoring the word of God that is preached? Like, like that's like how we translate this into a community of honor. Like, do you operate with a sense of honor for the move of God that's going on in our church, the spirit that's, that's alive in our church. And are you coming in with that kind of honor to what God is doing in our church? Well, the Bible says that God loves the church, that Jesus, he, he dies for the church. He laid down his life for the church. The Bible says that, that, they, that he calls the, the church his bride, the bride of Christ. And, and Jesus is building the church. And listen, if, if Jesus is that passionate about the church, then we should have that kind of honor for the church. And so in the story, there were a few that dishonored the move of, of God and dishonored Jesus, and they didn't receive. But when you come with a sense of, of honor for, for God and you translate that into your worship and into, into hearing the word of God, then, then you're going to receive but at the same time, you could come to church and, and really maybe not carry the same level of honor. And maybe you come in with a lower appreciation of what God is doing. And, and maybe there's just a sense of dishonor in your heart in some way. And, 
and you really don't engage in worship and you don't engage in, in hearing of the word. And, and I think just like in that story where there were some that, that received from God, but there were some that didn't, I think it's, it's important that how we come to church in this honoring way because some are going to receive because it's in their heart to honor and some come in with a, a lower level of honor and they just don't receive in the same way. I've heard people say to me in one week that, that you know, that message really spoke to them. And, and in the same week, I, I, you know, I've heard, you know, I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense. And, and I just think sometimes it's like a matter of what you put into it to hear the word of God. Honor, honor. In a community of honor, there's honor for what God is doing in the house. There's just a great appreciation for, for the move of the spirit that's happening in church Honor is, is just ready to engage in worship and just ready to demonstrate honor for hearing the Word of God. There are some times when I'm preaching and I can literally feel people making a withdrawal on the anointing of the Word. I'm preaching and it's like there's such a hunger in the congregation that it's, it's just pulling it out. I've seen in times in worship where our worship team is leading and the congregation is, is so enthusiastic and they're so honoring God that, that in some ways they, they drive the atmosphere of worship and they actually push the worship team to go deeper and go further because, because there's such a passion, there's such an honor in the house. We're a community of honor. We honor the church. We come to church with great honor for what God is doing. Now, I'm getting ready to step into a little area here that I want you to say that, that to know that I speak this with humility, but it's still facts. Honor towards church leadership and your pastor is also a key to God's blessings in your life. Matthew 10 41 says, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. What this means is that when people honor the vessel that God is using, then God can release His blessings. So a natural honor releases God's supernatural blessings in your life. And it's important that when we, we come to church and, and we, we are around leaders, uh, I think it's important that the leaders bring their best. I want our worship leaders to always come with a, a dependency on God's anointing in worship. And, and I want to come, and whoever's preaching, to come with a, a deep dependency on God's anointing for the Word. I mean, we need to bring our best, but there's also this part where the congregation needs to come with their passion and their, their honor, and because together it makes that environment powerful, and God can do so many great things when the, the culture is of honor in the house. Now, just kind of continuing in this vein, I'm, I'm so hesitant to to read this next verse because it sounds ridiculously self-serving and self-promoting. In 16 years of preaching, I have never read this verse to our congregation because if it's misunderstood, it sounds like I'm trying to place myself on a pedestal. And so I hope you know my heart enough to know that I'm not here to promote myself but if there's a principle in here that we can grasp that blesses your life, I'll step into it. And it says in 1 Timothy 5.17, it says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work as preaching and teaching. Now for just a moment, 
I want to not focus on pastors and leaders and and promoting them with double honor and and I, I'm not looking for anything you know unique in that regard. That that's not my heart. What I want to focus on is the results of being a community that honors well, that a community that that is maybe extravagant in just honoring leaders and just the, the results of that. I mean, take your eyes off of me and, and, and imagine, though, an, an increase in our church body of honor and the results of that. Because if, if we honor in a natural way and God brings supernatural blessings, so if we see this verse is not about just promoting a pasture, but it's an increase of honor in the house, then it could release an increase of God's supernatural blessings in our church. And so listen, that's for you. It's for all of us. When we increase honor, it increases blessings in our life. I think that when we gather as a church, we ought to honor our pastors and we ought to honor our worship leaders and we ought to honor our children's church small group leaders, and we ought to honor the volunteers that, that are greeting us at the door, and we ought to honor the tech team, and there ought to be just like honor, like it's, it's not about just honoring one place, it's a complete house, a complete community of honor, and we take this principle of double honor, and it just as a way of saying, let's just increase, let's take a step as a church and increase the respect and the value that we give to all the people in our church body, and as we increase our honor, just imagine what God can do in a house like that. It opens the doors for more of God's supernatural, mighty works to happen in our house. And I want to remind you that honor is a two-way street. I honor you. I honor the people in our church, and, and I value you. I respect you. It's a two-way street. I want to give you double honor. I want to increase my honor. I want to give greater respect and greater value to people. Because I love you and because God loves you, God loves me. You can love me because God loves me. You don't even have to agree with everything I say to give honor because God loves me and he chose to put me in this position and you can just love the position. But when we increase honor, I think there's a principle that we can see an increase in what God does in our church and in our life. So I hope you agree with that. Give me an amen. I believe God wants to do even greater things in a church that has a community of honor. So today we've hit on a lot of big topics. We've talked about honoring God. We've talked about honoring everyone, honoring our parents and honoring ministry and worship and preaching and honoring pastoral leadership. And so just remember that when we honor natural, it opens supernatural doors of blessings in our life. And so three other areas, I just want to touch on these real quick when it comes to honor because I think it could touch your life. So number one, honor your husband or wife. Honor your husband or wife. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 4, it says, give honor to marriage. If your marriage is struggling, or maybe you just want to see your relationship get stronger, what if we applied the principle of double honor to your marriage? In other words, just increase. What if you applied the principle of, I just want to increase the honor and the respect and the value that I place on my wife, on my husband? 
What if I show it? What if I have an attitude of honor towards my spouse? What if I take this opportunity to understand that as I honor my spouse, then it opens a door for God to bring his blessings and maybe strengthen our marriage in ways that we couldn't do on our own. See, honor your, your wife, honor your husband is an open door for God to bring healing into a marriage. I challenge you, increase your honor in your marriage and watch God do things in it. And number two, another place of honor is we honor God with our money. Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then, now look, here's the blessing. Then he will fill your barns with grain. Your vats will overflow with good wine. Honor the Lord with your wealth. If you want greater blessings in your finances, then honor God with your finances. If you want to see God move in your, in your money, if you want to see God's supernatural power released and healing come of your finances, then begin to honor God with your finances. A community of honor is a very generous church because we're, we honor God with our finances. And the last place today is honor our president and our elected officials, officials elected offices. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.13, it says, Submit yourself which is just another way of saying honor. Honor yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to king as the one in authority. In other words, we're supposed to honor all those institutions that are placed in authority in our life, starting with the president to the vice president uh, and on. And listen, that isn't determined, honor isn't determined on who you voted for or who is elected. We just honor because of the position it, we honor. We honor. That's what it, we're, we have a spirit of honor. And I think it's interesting that, that we are praying hard for God to heal our land, to heal our nation. And I want you to know that, that you're not going to see God heal a nation if we are dishonoring our president. Because if we have dishonor, it shuts us down from the blessings of God to move. The best thing we can do if we want to see God move in our nation is learn to have a spirit of honor for those in authority over it. Amen, church. Amen. Well, listen, in this message today, I hope I, I kind of set within your spirit, within your heart, a, a spirit of honor so that we can become a community of honor. Community of honor. That's the, the, the culture. That's part of the DNA. And so as we are better together, the culture of honor is one of those things that glues us together and makes us stronger and better together because we're supposed to honor God. We're supposed to honor authority in our life and honor our parents and pastors and, and everyone. And listen, it's not based on what we see in culture. We don't emulate culture. We, we don't model our behavior and honor off of what the news is doing or off what social media is doing or any mob is doing or any social group is doing. I want to encourage you, don't catch the spirit of dishonor in this season. Fight against that spirit. Don't let dishonor become your nature. You want to have a spirit of honor. You want to have an open door to God's blessings in your life. And I declare in this house that we are a community of honor and that we honor each other and we honor this house and we honor leaders and, and we're just a, a church that honors and we, we are honoring. 
I pray that as we honor in this church, that our kids catch honor and it passes from generation to generation. I want our youth ministry and the, and the students in our youth ministry to see honor demonstrated and they, they learn to honor as well and they grow up with that and they reap the benefits. Listen, the benefits of honor are huge in our life and we want to be a culture, a community of honor because honor brings God's blessings into your life. Amen, church. We're a community of honor. Let me pray for you as we finish. Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you that we are a community of honor, God. We will honor, we will honor the authorities you've placed in our life. We'll honor parents. We'll honor presidents. We'll honor just in every direction. We honor one another, God. That's our house, God. And I just pray that over us. Lord, most of all, though, we want to be a church that honors you because you have the greatest value. You have infinite value, and we love you. And in this moment as a church, we just say we love you and we honor you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, God bless you. Thank you for being a community of honor, and I'll see you next week.